All right, everyone, welcome back to Remote Players Nerdcast. I am uh, Phoenix here with Ben, and this is episode 15. Like, what the hell? So, oh, we where are, did all the time go? I know, we're making our way through uh, <laughs> podcast world. <laughs> we're making history, Serbia and the real world, man. Serbia, yeah, Germany, man. Guten Tag, and whatever the hell hello in Serbian is, I forget. Uh, we really gotta we get, we gotta learn that we we I know we really do we owe it to them. <laughs> Each time a new uh, country pops up in our listenership, we should learn hello and goodbye and give us money in uh, that language. <laughs> it's, probably like someone that, it's probably literally someone that clicked it and was like, "Oh shit!" and then like went back right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh God, what are we listening to? Stupid Americans? No. I could imagine. But yeah, episode 15. And, and, and for once, we were delayed on recording because I was out of the state. So that's even weirder. Yeah, like, that's like some zany shit, dude. <laughs> that's your gig, usually. And will be this upcoming <laughs> week. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> also, uh, side note, I'm not really super excited to fly because I got to fly during chaos COVID coming back. So it's like, yay, let's get on airplanes when they probably say not to get on airplanes. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> unvaccinated people, for that. That's charming. This is a nice thing that's happening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm at a point now where, like, if there's a person listening that lives in the United States and you refuse to get <laughs> unvaccinated or vaccinated, just turn this off and go do something else like i can't even imagine it being a year and a half later and here we are just like the cdc is telling vaccinated people to mask up and this thing is going to get worse and it's like really was that worth it was that worth all of your conservative values and ignoring science that now we're all you're all gonna die like come on i just i'm over it i can't it's hard to believe yeah like i'm so uh like, you know, I'm into people, like, I get it, they want to be, like, they want to have their own decision, but, uh, man, at this point, I just don't want anyone's kids to get sick. And I feel like now we're at a point where kids can get sick. Like, it's not like a, it's not like a freaking hoax or something where kids aren't getting sick. And it's like school's about to start. It's like, yo, like, we, let's just take it seriously for a second. Like, I'm, ugh, it's like, dude, uh, it's yeah. so hard to, we can do, so hard we can do it this. We could do a whole remote players COVID cast on uh, on this whole thing. The only thing that I can really say without going deeper into it is, and I think you've you've probably felt this too, is like you uh, you don't. This is the type of thing that really gives you an idea of like if your friends and the people that you you feel close to are actually decent human beings or share your values or not. Like that's the one thing that I have appreciated about this pandemic is it's like, all right, cool. Like I trimmed some people out of my life that thought that it wasn't real or thought it wasn't a big deal. And it's like, that's cool. But like my parents are old or like, and you know, like your dad had surgeries and stuff that make him like a, a risk. Like we both right. have people in our, and you have, you have kids that are not old enough to be vaccinated. Like, that's awesome that there are people that are just like, you know, screw our parents and your kids. They can get sick because this isn't a real thing. It's a, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that, that I have friends like you that are like-minded that I don't have to bang my head against a wall. But uh, right. that was the Remote Players COVID cast.
and, <laughs> and now <laughs> and 20, now, we, we'll break. <laughs> we, we lost the demographic that we won't ever never get back just now <laughs> <laughs> goodbye I, I missed them already so anyways before we go way off topic what do we have on the uh, schedule for this episode well we're uh, gonna step inside of Ben's bookstore and see uh see all the books that are available hell yeah <laughs> all of the <laughs> books that are available so now i will read off all of the new releases since we last recorded our last episode um so i, I just had two uh we went on vacation to the pacific northwest and saw like phoenix's dream vacation town and and area and it was amazing and you need to get there someday uh and we were in uh seattle washington and portland oregon and seaside oregon and i went to a whole bunch of bookstores including like the biggest bookstore in the country powell's which is an entire city block and four floors um and it's it's amazing and if you didn't record uh if you didn't actually record or uh if you what am i trying to say here if you if you didn't know anything about bookstores and hadn't worked in a bookstore or anything like that then you would probably get lost in this place but uh, me doing that, I was able to kind of find my way. Um, but I read while I was gone uh, a book called 84 Charing Cross Road, which is written by a lady named Helen or Helene Kantz. And um, it is, how do I, it's a book that's, it's fictional, but it's based on a real correspondence between a woman in New York and a gentleman that works in a bookstore in London. And uh, it's kind of the mm, a grouping of the letters that are written back and forth between the two of them over the course of like 20 years. Uh, it's actually oh, something cool. I've read before. Yeah, it's it, it's really great. Uh, and it's and it's from like the early 50s through the late 60s, early 70s. So it's during a period of time where no Internet, no phone, you know, cell phones like this was the main method of corresponding. And so she would write letters to them requesting books. They would mail them to her without payment having been remit remitted yet. And then she would send them cash in the mail back. And so she built up a little bit of a balance and, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's neat because it, it shows like a, it's like a window into to a completely different period of time. I mean, you would never do anything like that now. You know, there's no, it, that's, that's what Amazon does automated. So, right. Uh, and it's only people, like. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say some people seem like they try to do that. Like, you know, I'm going to get a pen pal. And there's even some apps that do that. Like you just kind of start talking to someone random. And I think there's an app. I forget what it is. But like you, you can't open it until like you can't respond or open it until like three or four days later or something. I so know then, there was an app that, that at one point was like like a message in a bottle type thing where you would send yeah. a message out and then a couple days, yeah, that's probably the same app. And then someone anywhere around the world would, would receive it randomly and you could correspond. I mean, this book, uh, there's obviously a lot of letters that are missing from it because there's, there's gaps in time and, and she put it together just the way she wanted to. Um, she actually wrote a second book where after all, she never makes it to London and never goes to that bookstore when it's still open. Um, so she wrote another book that covers her going to London and visiting the people and everything. Uh, but that book, I highly, highly recommend. Like I still hand sell it to people at my store. And then the other book I read, which is well out of my wheelhouse 
is Illusions by Richard Bach. And uh, Richard Bach wrote a really, really, really popular book in the 70s called Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which is a book about a seagull who decides that he's going to fly for pleasure and style instead of food and whatever the hell seagulls fly for. Um, <laughs> but this book, <laughs> this book Illusions is, uh, was written after Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And it is about a, uh, a messiah who decides he doesn't want to be a messiah anymore. So he go, comes to earth and just kind of flies airplanes and is like super laid back. And he makes friends with another uh, pilot. And so it's kind of about their friendship and, you know, like I'm not. Gonna, it, it's an old book, but I'm still not going to spoil much about it because I, I, my hope is like people listen to this and they're like, "Oh, maybe I'll buy that book." But it it, it tells a great story about friendship and with a little bit of spirituality, but not really pushing religion as much as it it bases some of the uh, morals on religion. Right. Um, but I picked that up at a bookstore in Eastside, Oregon, and just read it. You know, beach read. So. Those were our two books. Now I'm I'm getting ready to read Ray's Arc by Octavia Butler. Um, I honestly don't know much about the book. Someone brought it in as a donation to my store, and instead of putting it on the shelf, I was like, nope, that's going on with me. And um, so that's my read this week. Uh, and I think you probably have a a familiar title in your read. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Still reading Dune. I am. I'm going super slow because it, it was honestly a super hard read, as I've said before. And whenever I read it, I'm usually uh, usually usually reading it before bed, and then that's when I'm getting tired and getting sleepy, and I fall asleep holding my iPad, and then I wake up and it's dead because I didn't turn it off. So <laughs> uh, it's pretty good though. I'm get, I got to a spot now where it's finally. Um, Focused. I feel like we were like bouncing around to different characters, and they were all kind of like doing normal stuff. But now it's like shit, shit's gone down. We're kind of focused on just one person, like the main character and his mother, I guess. And you know, it's kind of it's like focused. So it feels really it feels really good now when I'm reading it, and it feels like I can finally can just focus on that one part and not like bounce around. I, I like books that bounce around, but sometimes they don't do it well and you just feel like you're just overwhelmed with like three different stories at once, you know? Yeah. Um, Frank, I will say... Frank Herbert paces things pretty decent in Dune, I think. Yeah, it, it's paced well. Um, there was, I think the part of the, the scene that really bugged me about it in the beginning is that it felt like it needed a book before this. Like, it felt like I needed a book that was like, okay, we are in the future at this point, and we are on this planet, and this planet is this and this. But, like, it felt oh, I like could we see were that like, for sure. yeah, it felt like we were like, I, I think I told you on this podcast, like, I felt like I needed, like, I kept looking to make sure I was like on Doom 1 and not like Doom 4 or some shit. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say, though, so that's Dune. I'm still reading it. I'll let you all know when I finish it uh, in 2033. And uh, <laughs> I was, was going to say, uh, though, that, that you were saying that Reluctant, what was it, like the Reluctant Messiah? I looked it up just now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Illusions. Yeah. Dude, there was a book. Um, why am I forgetting the guy's name? 
Yeah, the one that wrote a man with pieces and got in trouble with Oprah and they got mad. Oh, at James Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that book uh, about that same kind of thing that when you said that, I looked it up and I like looked at the other shit and then I was like, oh, like I wonder if he borrowed that kind of concept. He had to have read that book. He, he may he may very well have because that would have come out like twenty or thirty years before the James Frey book. Yeah, that Frey, for all the folks that I don't know what I'm just saying, that he made a book called like The Last Revelation to the Holy Bible or something like that, right? It was some kind of weird long name like that. Yeah, I don't recall the exact name, but yeah. And it was kind of the same way, like it's a guy that is like straight up a messiah and like He's like super reluctant. Like he doesn't really do anything. He just like lounges around all day, and he he can help people, and he does. But it's not like he's like touching people's heads and healing them like at will. Um, it's kind of the same. I don't know. At least from what you said, it sounds like the same kind of thing. Like reluctant Messiah. So if someone's interested in messiahs who don't want to heal and be messiahs, then check those books out. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Um, so I guess now we can move to games that we are playing and we can rock off with yours first. So, and my list is not super long, um, cause we were gone for that week and I didn't really play anything at all except Clash of Clans on my phone. Um, so before we left and a little bit since we got back, I have mostly been playing, uh, Ease monstrum nox um which of course uh at the almost the end of the last episode i said i wasn't gonna get um <laughs> but come to find out that i had pre-ordered and prepaid for it at best buy like six months ago or seven months ago oh. and that's the reason i ended up getting it um and it was like there's like a dumb any anybody's probably running like this type of similar problem, but like to return it, I couldn't bring it to the store. I had to mail it to an address um, for whatever reason. So it became this type of thing where I was like, I'll just keep it. I want to play it anyways. And I had watched gameplay of it and, and kind of thought like it looked pretty similar to uh, God. What was the one before Lacrimosa of Dana? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Uh, right. Seven. And I really liked Seven. I played it over like multiple platforms. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll play it. And uh, it, it's great. Like, outside of what, you know, outside of like one or two other games, like, it's definitely, it's definitely my favorite RPG I've played in a really long time. Uh, it, it handles and plays almost exactly like Seven. They've just added a, uh, They've added this concept where the main character is part of a group of people called monstrums who like go from regular human beings to like superhuman beings to face to fight monsters that only they can see. Um, so you kind of go in and out of being like a regular human who's on the run from breaking out of jail and one of these monstrums. And it's the story about all of that and kind of like going back to the jail to figure out what the backstory of it is. It's incredibly well done great storytelling the first like 10 hours of it though are probably like i don't know if it's not 50 50 then it leads a little bit more towards uh the voice acting or the uh the cut scenes and and everything than it does the actual gameplay so you do a lot of cut scenes and a lot of reading in the beginning of the game and, and then maybe half of that is like action and and, and exploring um 
the map is huge. Like after the first 10 hours, I think I had only explored like 27% of the map or something like that. Um, I might even try to be a completionist in this game. There's 60 hidden chests throughout the world. And like, there's lots of those chests that uh, you can't access every part of the world. So as a monstrum, you're like locked into certain parts of the map until you clear certain challenges. And when you clear challenges, then more, more parts of the map unlock. And it's not like they're locked, like they're actually locked. Like, like you as a former prisoner are, are kept from, it's kind of hard to explain because the story explains it really well, but like you, you go into these portals and you fight like super monsters. And when you beat that super monster, the wall there that was blocking you from walking and let you go into different parts of the map then so there's a lot of these chests throughout the world that you can actually see on the mini map but you can't access until you unlock new parts of the map so i I may try to unlock all 60 chests there's a lot of other little things and quests that you could do you would get lost in this game forever no doubt seriously um when you said huge map and you were like 20 something percent i was like oh shit yeah well (laughs) this game is great about like um you know, like this game is great about like as you're walking around, there's parts of the map that are black and as you walk towards them, it uncovers them. So it'll actually show you the exact percentage down to like a tenth of a percent of how much of the map you've uncovered. Uh, um, I like those. That you know, and yeah, me too. I, I that's I actually got kind of for a little while got hooked on, you know, I wasn't doing the main story. I was walking around the edges to try to get as much of the map uncovered as I could because I wanted to get all those chests and those chests are like they just drop food and health items so far i haven't unlocked anything that's been like incredibly huge and then in the main area of the the map there's shops and you know you pick up gold when you you beat monsters uh it's interesting just because you and i had talked about it privately and both both of us were like yeah i'm out on that and then like i started watching gameplay and i was like well i don't know if i'm out on it but i definitely can't afford to buy it before we go on vacation and then I got the notification <laughs> from Best Buy that was like, your game is ready for pickup. And I was like, did I do something in my sleep or what's happening? And then I looked at like a January pre-order date. Um, and I was like, oh, I still had my like mad Biden money then. And I bought, <laughs> I bought dude, I bought three games, right? I bought that. And then last week. On Tuesday, I got another notification from Best Buy that was like, Neo, the world ends with you and Samurai Warriors 5 are available for pickup. I bought those with my Biden bucks also. Biden bucks. (laughs) So that was actually like that was actually like the unemployment money that I had collected and still had left over. Like I I bought a lot of stupid stuff with that. Um, So. Those are the games that I've been playing. I think it, it might be worth mentioning really briefly because it's not on either one of our parts of the notes that we both started playing this mobile game that you found. Um, the hell is oh, it yeah. called? Uh, uh, Merge Tactics. Um, yeah. And like, I'm not going to get into all the gameplay because I'm only, I played it for maybe like three hours at work today. But basically, you hit a, 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 a gridded map and you have. X amount of silver to spend on troops and troops could be anything from a lightning wizard to archers. And then, you know, let's say you buy an archer and you put it on one grid and another archer and put it on another grid. You can merge those two blocks together to make like a level two archer. Um, And then you unlock parts of a village and uh, I have been super into it. 
The only thing that I haven't liked, or maybe it's something that I just don't understand, is like when when Phoenix started playing it, you got to the point where you could send a referral, like a friend referral. Right. So I I plugged in your code and I got all this free stuff, but there's like, as far as I can tell, there's no friends part of the game. That's what I noticed too. I didn't see it yet, so, unless it hasn't unlocked so, yet. Well, I think. Yeah, maybe it hasn't unlocked yet. That's a possibility, although you would think at the point that you can use a referral code. I think right. there isn't a friend portion of the game, but they just want people to get their friends to join. So, you know, you get a referral code. And, and, and what you get from the referral code is kind of underwhelming in the big picture. Like, it's some gold and some gems and some character cards. Because if you want to, for instance, update uh, uh, upgrade your archer, you have to collect archer cards and then upgrade them with gold so i mean the one complaint that i could see you having that it doesn't bother me is you are rewarded very heavily for watching ads in this game mm -hmm. um both when you collect gold from your your home base you can watch an ad to get 300 times the amount uh and then there's a portion of the game and this that game that i've mentioned before Hunt Royale is the exact same thing where like each day you can watch up to five ads and you get five different rewards for watching them. Um, it's not necessary, that's for sure, but you get rewarded like handsomely for watching those yeah. ads. And I know you are not an ad guy and I am like a hit the button. It's 30 seconds. I will go do something else or I'll check to see if like Phoenix has messaged me because my phone does texting over apps so that it can't, you know, lots of times with those games, if you go and do something else and reopen the app, it knows that you stopped watching it. Yeah. Um, but, with, with <laughs> but with texting over the app, like I can just scroll down, read your message, respond to it, and then it's still running in the background. So I'll do, especially at work, I'll watch a ton of ads and like, okay, here, a 30-second ad, then I just go and shelf books for like two minutes and come back and hit the next ad. So it doesn't bother me that much. Um, I mean, it bo that bothers me a whole lot less than paying uh, exorbitant amounts of money to unlock care or pull do random pulls in games like gacha games. Um, right, I know. Because this doesn't, this doesn't cost me anything. And, it, you know, it would be different if you, like, hit the reward and or hit the ad viewing and your reward was like 15 gold. But like, you know, my home base collects like 380 gold every two or three hours. And then they times that by 300. So I get like a thousand gold. Um, like it's no joke how much you get. Uh, that math was not right at all. But, um, but <laughs> the ads don't bother me much. It definitely, it's not intrusive about the ads. Like they definitely make it obvious that like you can watch ads to get things but I haven't had any ads pop up on their own independently. I have chosen to watch them. Um, and that to me is a major difference between the games where you click something and then, you know, it within the game and then an ad pops up and, and bothers you. Um, yeah. So I've, uh... I don't know. You've played it a little bit less than me, but what were your first impressions? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> This is random. As a as a designer, I have to have to talk about this. Uh, visually, it's really really clean. Uh, I love that I can read the text boxes really well. Um, yeah, I I think they they like whoever designed this app is like I think they they know design well. Like they really did a good job with just the menu and 
don't know the UI. Like it feels really like clean and crisp. Um, and then the game is super good. I think uh, the ads I have clicked on a few and kind of then what you said. I like put the, put the phone down and like randomly like my daughter might be doing something. And I'm like, oh yeah, blah blah blah, and I'll just click the ad and just sit there with her for a little bit. Um, <laughs> something like that. But um, I have ignored some of the ads because I'm just like, it's cool that you can pop in if you want and not pause. Um, I do like that you can spend money and kind of offset that. Because, you know, you know me, like, I'm totally fine spending, like, 10 on a game if you like the game. Like, I don't see anything yeah. wrong with that. No, and they so offer, you know, like, within the shop, they, do, they definitely offer, like, packages where, like, you know, you can spend 10 bucks and get, like, 3,000 gold and 200 gems and, like, a whole bunch of cards for your characters. And honestly, like, it hasn't happened for you yet, but, like, I unlocked the Lightning Wizard, and then immediately when I unlocked him, a, a box popped up. It was like, do you want to spend 349 and get, like, 2,000 gold and 100 wizard cards? And I was like, all right, let's see. And, like, honestly, so far, that game, the challenging levels, those wizards still cut through, like, everything. So, to me, for 350 that was totally worth it. Um, but I just, I think for what this game is so far, it's it lacks the intrusiveness that most games have when it comes to ads. So, I can appreciate that a lot. Right. I agree. Like, it's, it's a cool little game for, like, people to pop in and out of, like, uh, on lunch break or something like that, for sure. Yeah. So, and uh, that pretty much, uh, so, yeah, that covers what I've been playing. Vacation really cut into my gaming time. So I, I think I'll probably get back to it uh, a little bit more this week. Uh, not really anything on the horizon for me outside of finishing these and starting that Samurai Warrior. So that's all for me. All right. Well, I guess I'll talk about mine. I have three, but I won't go super in-depth. Um, let's see here. So I guess I'll start with a game that I hate the title of, but I absolutely love the game called Rogue Book. Uh, <laughs> it's, come on now, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a deck builder, card-based roguelike. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is probably like, oh, of course, of course it is. Um, yeah, dude, this game is super good. Uh, if people... I don't I don't like doing this with games that they want their own legacy, but it's it's pretty much Slay the Spire. If you've played Slay the Spire, it's I would say it's exactly like that, except for you have two characters. And when you defend with one character, it makes the character switch to the front. So you're kind of like exchanging HP. Like some characters are really good with damage and some characters are really good for uh like HP sponge, you know, or whatever. So um, it's a cool like concept of being able to swap between the two. Like if you put one in the front, they're stronger for attack. But if you move them to the back, you know, uh, you know they have less less attack power. But you know maybe they're gonna die soon, so you can swap them out and heal or something like that later on. It's it's a cool concept, and like I said, it plays exactly like Slay the Spire. So I know there's a lot of folks that think Slay the Spire is like all the shit, but um. I, I really think this could be like the game that knocks Split the Spire off. It's like pedestal right now. 
I just know that people aren't going to bother with it because they just assume that's like the top notch game right now. Um, this game, <clears throat> like the guy that made Magic the Gathering apparently like worked on this and like the art is really, um, the art is really inspired by him or or helped by him or done by him. I can't remember exactly what his part was on that, but like the art was really good and animations are really good versus Slay the Spire, which doesn't really have animations. Like your character is holding a sword for one character, but they don't ever swing it. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, oh no, this game is super good. Like I, if you like, if you like deck building, card base, roguelike, whatever, um, this is definitely want to check out. I think it's coming to console soon, but it's on Steam is where I've been playing it. Um, I will say though, this game would be a lot faster if it wasn't uh, clicking and dragging uh, mouse controls. That that can kind of uh, that that slows it down. I think like if, whenever I play Slay the Spire on my phone, I'm kind of annoyed because I'm like dragging my thumb to where I need to put the card sometimes. But whenever I play on my Switch, you're just like you're just like clicking through and you just uh, easily easily able to get to where you need to do faster. I don't know why that matters, but it just feels like way more faster and fluid than the the touch or the mouse control. So that's a cool thing to think about. Um, and I think that's about all I got for that game. I know Ben is 100% out on this. <laughs> I am, yeah. Yeah, I, well, it, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but like, yeah, I'll, I'll save that for our talking point. I, I'm out for a specific reason, and it's not for not. It's not because I think that game looks bad. So I'll, I'll just say that for now. Right. Yeah, we have a talking point upcoming that is about um, stuff like this genres. But anyway, um, so another thing that I've been playing, which hell, it doesn't make sense, is uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is kind of a game that I resisted. What was that? <laughs> oh, I'm just laughing to myself because of the conversations we had about that game last week. Yeah. Um, honestly, and when it first dropped, I think the demo dropped, and I played the demo back in the day, uh, what, like a year ago, maybe? Shit, it's been a while. Yeah, at least it was um, during the, the height of COVID. Right. Like, the demo is, the demo was good. I didn't hate it, I guess. I just was like, I still... Thought it felt like, uh, or felt like um, Kingdom Hearts, but like reskinned. Um, I didn't really like the controls then, but I was like okay with it because it had that classic mode, which is supposed to be like the turn-based mode. But then they like nerfed it to where they made the classic mode, like uh, what's it called, easy? Like it's easy difficulty, and you can't make it be normal. It's like what the fuck? I don't want to play like that. I want to play turn-based, but normal <laughs> so anyway like i've been playing it and i actually really like it it was really frustrating the controls can be for me i'll say for me like stress that this is a probably maybe more of a me thing but um i was super frustrated with uh in the beginning like juggling when i need to heal someone and like when i'm fighting and then the next thing i know I'm trying to heal them, but then I'm getting hit at the same time with another character who also needs to heal now. But 
yeah. I can't heal them because my ATB gauge is not filled. So I like I need to like fight. You need to like fight in like a situation where you have no health in order to get ATB to heal. And I was just like, this is kind of annoying. Like, I feel like maybe the ATB gauge doesn't need to be there. Like, I, it kind of feels like something of like when you're in that situation, it's like hard to heal because you have to fight your character in a to get them to build that gauge up in order to get to heal, which is kind of like stupid at that point because you're like, dude, I have like three health. I don't need a fight right now. <laughs> um, so anyway, you you pretty much just have to watch out for that. Um, it was hard to learn that in the beginning. I kept I kept wanting to just fight, 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 and then like stop and heal at like ten percent left. But you kind of have to like manage that before you even get close to that, and uh, that kind of helps me, I guess. But uh, I've been playing it on uh, the PS Vita, like the remote play. Some of it, not all of it, like mostly on TV, but, like, I would say, like, 20% of the game I did on Vita so far, and it's really good. Like, it works well on Vita. Um, so, that's a good thing for folks that are playing PS Vita remote play, like, all 10 of us still. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the inspiration for the name of the podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you were you were into this game, right? Yeah, I was into it when it came out. I, I liked it a lot and played it. And, you know, a friend of mine was playing it at, at the same time. And so we were talking about it. And I, I thought it was really well done. And, like, it was interesting uh, when you, because, you know, it was like one of the free games and you were like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. And it was like earlier last week and, and you were pretty much saying, like, um, I'm out on this. Like, I, the, I don't like the controls. And then, like, the next day was, like, a picture of the remote play. And I was, like, interesting. And then by Friday, <laughs> you were, like, I'm in on this game. And I was, like, yeah, dude, stick with it. Like, the retail. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, like, this is only the first part of the game. So, like, they've expanded the story a lot. Because, like, it's, it's, like, 60, 65 hours to beat this one. And that's only the first part of the original game. So... When you're messaging and you're like, I don't remember it being this way, a lot of that stuff, I think, was added in to make this game exponentially longer. Right. So that's what I was wondering. Um, is it going to follow, like, the disc setup, like, when the disc ended? That much I am not sure about. Okay. That that would make sense, I think. That would be cool if they did that, because that would be, like, ultra nostalgia. Because I feel like the disc change was, like, when I got to out of the city, uh, out of Midgar, I guess. I feel like that was yeah. the first this change for me. I think that's right. It's been a lot. I mean, it's been like a lifetime ago since yeah, I played that, but I think, I think that's right. It's been so long ago. I, I think that's uh, that's another point I'll make about the game. It's it's super cool to hear this music again. Uh, it's super cool to hear like like uh, Barrett like actually be Barrett with voices and like you know reading it back in the day was funny, but he really didn't have like like what he has now is like what it should have been back then like him yelling yeah. and just saying like like when you finish a battle he just says random shit like dude he said uh i think i told you a message but he did that da, 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 da. you know he did that yeah yep. the battle win music and i was like that was fucking amazing <laughs> there's a lot like, of nostalgia in this game for sure yeah the, that was that was super cool. Like they, I think they really hit the nostalgia. 
I don't know how it works for people that didn't play the original because it might like some like I uh, I think some of these machines look rather goofy now. Like uh, I bet yeah. you if they made if they made the game now, I bet you the machines wouldn't look like the kooky like tech mech weird shit that they kind of were playing around with where it's like a big mech with big fists like i don't think they would make that now no um, i don't either yeah so it, lo- it looks kind of goofy now but um you know hey whatever it's it's it works if you play the game back in the day then whenever you see this stuff now you're just like wow that's how that's how it looks like in well i would say like air quotes real life instead of like the blocky the blocky mess that we had back in the day. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I think it's really well done. Like, I was completely the other side of this when it first dropped. Like, I was just like, I'm not playing that. Like, it looks fucking, I'm over it. Like, I'm not into it. Um, and it kind of dropped when I was, like, in my in the middle of my, or was it at the end of my, like, Kingdom Hearts just run, I think. So I think I, was, was that the same time period? I feel like Kingdom Hearts... Three had just finished, and they were like, "All right, finally focusing on Final Fantasy VII, and we're going to drop it soon." Um, oh, that might be right. Yeah, that might be right. Right. So I feel like I was kind of like exiting my Kingdom Hearts era, and I was just like, "All right, this is like Kingdom Hearts. They're reskinning. Fuck them." And I was like, not even into it. <laughs> um, I will say though, I feel like it does borrow Kingdom Hearts, like some methods where like the magic using blah blah blah. But um, it's good. I really think it's like really good. Like I'm really excited to see. I got. Is there any roadmap on this game? Like when this next one is going to drop or anything? Like I haven't heard anything about the next one. And this, this I haven't heard anything wild. about the next one either. But I bet you it's going to be a couple of years though after that one. So I would think like next year or even maybe the year after. I mean, that has to take a lot of time to adapt that into a you know next gen game con console game. Right, like I kind of thought maybe they were like when this one came out, like that that meant that like I guess I just assumed that they weren't going to be starting on zero for the next game, but it feels like they're probably starting from zero to like part two. Let's see. Um. Yeah, there's no information at all. It's just yeah. rumors from people. So. so we'll see it. We'll see it. Uh, like twenty. 2089 or so. Yeah, I'll be, I'll definitely for sure be dead. <laughs> we'll come back from the grave to just play this. <laughs> just for this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think it's really good. Like, if you haven't played uh, the old Final Fantasy 7, you're not allowed to play this one. That's my. <laughs> I told my son, um, he was playing Final Fantasy 7, the remake. And he was like, this is so cool. And I was like, yeah, this is a remake. From a game that daddy played when I was like a teenager, and he was like, How did it look? and I was like, It looked atrocious, and we still loved it, and we knew it looked atrocious. <laughs> and that's and so we, very true, yeah. When we got to the slums, um, I was like, Wow, it's so cool to see the slums in this version, and not like the photo that you're running along, like an actual photo that. Somehow, someone made, or you know, what are the what was it, like a photo or some shit? It was just like a you're just running along a picture, pretty much. I can't even remember now. 
it just it just looks it wasn't like a, a world created from like 3d elements it was like you're on a a photo or something like you're running on, yeah you're just you're like running on something that just moves like it just pans um it kind of reminds me now that i think about it kind of like a like uh what's that new game uh fantasia where it's like a dialogue. oh yeah yeah kind of kind of like that not in that sense but like you're kind of inside of a photo whereas you know now it's like 3d elements and it looks like an actual slum um i don't know i think it's super good i uh i'm excited to see like how this game where this game goes um one thing though do you remember where the were those like ghost person things in the in the first in the in the normal Final Fantasy Seven? Do you remember those guys? I think they were, but I can't say for sure anymore. That game was like you know what? That's like childhood at this point. My brain is shit. Yeah. I was I was probably like I had to be like late middle school, if that, early, 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 early high school, if that. Um, but anyway, those characters that are like, they're like these ghost-like characters in the 7 remake, at least. And they remind me hardcore of, uh, of Kingdom Hearts. Like, I was just like, this is a fucking Kingdom Hearts character. It looked so much like Kingdom Hearts. Um. Yeah, I can totally I mean, see that. You can tell, you can tell that, uh, like, I think the guy that made Kingdom Hearts is working on this game. So you can tell that some stuff is bleeding over, which is fine. It looks cool. I didn't, I'm not saying it's bad. It just, it just reminded me of Kingdom Hearts. Um, but I'll move on unless you have something else to add to that. No, I'm good with that. So uh, the last one I won't talk about very long. Uh, I've already talked about it before, kind of. But uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is a game that I'm also juggling, which is crazy to be juggling like two pretty big RPGs at the same time. Um, as well as random little stuff that we won't stop playing for no reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I gotta say, you haven't played this yet, really, or you haven't started it, right? No, I I got a little bit past where the uh, demo stops. I would say uh, don't rush to put in this game in your Switch, because, <laughs> dude, like. Uh, you know, we both love uh, Monster Hunter Rise, and, you know, we've played Monster Hunters before, and, like, I like the world and all that stuff going on, but this game, like, and I love stories, the first one, but this one is, like, hard to uh, recommend to anyone that likes RPGs or a Monster Hunter fan. It, it has an extremely slow start, like, story-wise. Um... And this is this is like us coming from the demo, so that like we already had a jump on the game as it was. So I'm not even going to include that. Like that is pretty much a tutorial. So where you start from the demo, like when you buy the game and go up forward, is pretty much, you know, not tutorial. It's a story. And I I'm at 35 hours now. Um, I guess that would be like 20 something hours, probably from the for the from the demo to now. Or from the yeah, real right. game to now. Yeah. And it is, like, really, really slow. Like, the story was living in the shadow of the first one. 
and I didn't I didn't expect it to be like this much, but like there's so many callbacks to the character from the first one, which is I guess that character's name is Red. They never said that character's name was Red in the first game, so I'm like, where the hell does name come from? And why do all RPGs in Japan want to do that? Like Pokemon, the character is Red for no reason, and then this character's name Red. Like, what the hell is Red for over there? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't re- I don't recall. Yeah, that's kind of strange. Yeah, so the characters the, the character's name is Red from the first game, and you're the grandkid of this character, and they literally like all they do is talk about red was this way red did that i knew red you look just like red oh man red is so cool and like he was so great in this respect he he did this for our village and you're just kind of like can this game like get out of the first games like asshole like (laughs) (laughs) dude like i just feel like it's I feel like it's like I don't know what they're trying to develop here with that. Like I know I feel like it was cool at first. It's like you're the red grandson, whatever, a grandkid. But like now it's just kind of like, all right, let me stop talking about this guy. Like I want to live my own life. And, right. And it's really it's really frustrating because like the story setup is like there's a Rathalos and the Rathalos gives you an egg, but the egg is apparently a Rathalos that has like some kind of like crazy mean power that when it flops its wings, it like destroys the world or destroys wherever it goes from the wing path or something like that. And so you get this Rathalos, you finally get it hatched, and its wings are kind of fucked up. I'm not really spoiling much, that isn't. I'm not spoiling anything really. Its wings are kind of fucked up. And it's kind of like a oh shit, what's going on with the wings? Blah blah blah. Maybe it's the maybe it's the Rivalis of Legend. Maybe it isn't. Um, and then eventually something happens, which like finally got me like into the story where I was like, now the game is like finally doing its own thing. Like it finally makes you be like, whoa, like some shit just popped off. Um, and this is where it should have been like from the start. And anyway. I think like it like I was telling Ben yesterday, like I was literally like if yesterday didn't happen, I would have been like done with the game today. But yeah. I got to a I got to a spot where the story like totally kicked up a notch and it like totally reinvested me in the story, like the well honestly I wasn't invested in in the story to begin with. Like, it was just really boring until now, which is like thirty something hours in, so Anyway, long story short, I can't really recommend this game yet where I'm currently at with it. I would just say if uh, if you're just dying to play it, like maybe try it out. But like I would just say like hold off on it. Look at some reviews. Even the reviews didn't really talk about the story being slow. Like they were just kind of like, it's a great game. I loved it. Like I really think they need to stop giving people that can't be indifferent or something like these reviews because like they pretty much sold this game to be like great. And I'm just kind of like, I love stories, but like this is boring for like 20 plus hours. And that's not fun for people that just want to, like, it's not fun to get people like in a mode where like they're just forced to play something to hopefully get to a good spot. It's not fun. No. Um, you, you've talked about that game and I've kind of been like, ah, I'll get to it later or sometime. Yeah. Like I would 100% say, wait on it or at least wait for me to like be like all right dude it's gonna suck the first 20 hours or maybe you just maybe you just force it and run pause maybe you just force it 
and get to like through the story until you get to that point. But um, I don't know. Uh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it alone for now. I'll, I'll report back when I finish it. I'm definitely going to finish it because I paid sixty dollars. I'm kind of pissed that I did now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to finish it. But um, anyway, we're going to move to our next topic. Oh, wait, you get something to add to that, or you get? No, I'm good on that. Since I haven't really played it too much, I'll reserve my review for months from now when I finally get to it in the backlog. My prediction is you're going to spend like two hours on it and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. And if you said if you did that, I'd be like, I 100 percent agree. Like I would, <laughs> I, would, I would I would I would get it. Even if I come back and say that the game was amazing from this point on, I would still agree because you have to get through like a slog of bullshit just to get to this point. So anyway, we are moving now to topic that is games we could not get into or games that we could not get back into. Uh but actually you know what we switched it we switched it. So actually now the topic is games or genres that we are into and genres that we are not into. That's what it is. And yeah, I can and I can uh, I can start on this one if you want. Yeah, yeah. We'll let Ben go with this. Well, in the inspiration, like just to touch on it base quickly, and, and I definitely don't want to get hung up on this game again, but like, you know, over the last few weeks, like the topic of Monster Hunter Rise came up. And like the one of the inspirations for that was talking about how, you know, like you were we were both like hardcore in on Monster Hunter Rise. And you had that work trip where you left your switch behind and like that was it for the most part outside of like going back to it a couple weeks ago where we killed a couple of monsters and you were crafting some gear. Like I think you finished what the the village mode, but not the online mode, right? Yeah. And I I went back in the online every now and then and I'm I'm totally out. I'm not inspired anymore. Yeah, it's and it's interesting. Like I said, I don't want to touch on that game much, but it's just interesting that, you know, with the with the DS games, I think you know we both sunk a couple hundred hours into those. And with Monster Hunter World, I probably played for like fifty or sixty hours. And then with Rise, I hit about one hundred and ten hours, and I think you hit about sixty five. But like I played the shit out of this game from the time that you left for that work trip and stopped playing. I tacked on like another fifty hours and was just yeah. like. Every night, you know, like it was like part of my being was like eat, sleep, shit, monster hunter. And like <laughs> I, all I did was for a couple weeks. So anyways, like that's where this all started from. And, and another side note on that, I realized not until the plane coming home from Washington to Baltimore, I had not beaten the village mode until that plane ride. Um, I oh, still yeah. had. Or I was aware of it. Uh, I still had the last four monsters in the Magnamalo to kill. Um, and I, I I sat down on the plane and uh, Diane, my girlfriend, was nice enough to point out that I was sitting there very uh, intently mashing the buttons away on my switch, uh, killing those those monsters. She's like, that, that was really <laughs> loud. You're really clicking them in. And I was like, this is fucking serious business. You don't even know. Um, but <laughs> I can't. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I can tell you that finishing that village mode after you've gotten to like HR 110 in the online mode, those monsters are easy as shit to kill. Um, yeah, they're not shit. Like the the Magnamalo, which is like I guess that that's the game's new Elder Dragon. Um, right. Like that thing took less than ten minutes, and that was after it ran away twice too. Like just not a challenge, but. I, you know, I finally beat it. So just, you know, that's a side note. When, when we get to our games of the year or the half year uh, next episode or at the end of this year, whenever it may be, we will definitely be circling back around to Monster Hunter. But I'll, I'll let it leave it to rest for now. But that was the inspiration for this topic. Um, our lists for this are kind of like hilariously opposite. Um, and And it's interesting, too, because like when we first met through the Nintendo Dads community, I think it was like, you know, Animal Crossing at first. Like we, we both listened right. to the same podcast. We were on the line chat, but then we started this the side group with Animal Crossing. And then like when you and I had first become friends, I think it was like before we had exchanged numbers, but we were like chatting online. Um uh Pokemon Sun and Moon came out. And I remember specifically you and I asking each other for tips in that game when I when we were playing it. Uh, so like that for some reason sticks out in my head. So like we have a lot of similar interests, but man, when it comes to the genres that we've been playing, especially like the last year, it's like, like we are just two planes flying in opposite directions. Um, right. Which is cool for podcasts, by the way. It is cool for the podcast and it's cool in, in general. Like when you, there's never a time where you send a text and you're like, I'm playing this game or a picture of this game that I don't go look at it. In some cases, like I have tried some of them, especially if they're free or not expensive. Um, right. And, you know, and you've definitely checked out things that I've been into. So it's, it's not like, you know, fucking Phoenix. I hate all this shit that he plays. And why are we <laughs> friends? You know, <laughs> it's not like that at all. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think it goes without saying or having to go into too much detail because we've talked about it and, People probably get a general idea. Like my favorite genre in all of gaming are JRPGs. So like I'm a Dragon Quest is my favorite franchise of all time. You know, I've talked about playing the first three on Switch that got released and how Dragon Quest Eleven is my favorite JRPG of all time. Um, you know, I'm a Final Fantasy guy. I love those. I, I love I, I've tr- I've played and I've tried to get Phoenix to try the uh, Chemco mobile games. Um, so like JRPGs are number one for me, and I also like I, I have a strong affection for turn placed or turn based or tactical role playing games. So, you know, uh, Pokemon is you know turn based or like tactical would be more like uh, Fire Emblem. Like those are all favorites of mine, uh, along with like action. You know, like ARPGs. So I mean, that Yeez is definitely an ARPG. Um, it's all button mashing right. outside of the storytelling. So, I mean, like, anything that tells a great story and has, like, character development, leveling up, getting new gear, selling gear, buying stuff, forging stuff, like, that's my wheelhouse, 100%. Like, forever until the end of time, I will always have that type of game on my phone at easy, you know, like, use. Um, But, like, that's my number one. Um, And then, you know, I just went with my top three uh and like another genre that I, I really love uh that i'm getting ready to start when we finish recording this podcast or warriors games or i think they're also called like mukin games or something like that um 
You know, and, yeah. and Warriors games are basically like they're button mashers too. I mean, anybody that's not familiar, like you get a super powered up hero and you run through hordes of, of enemies and just like slaughter them and unlock different areas and whatever. I mean, I played the hell out of that Age of Calamity game this year and I've played Dynasty Warriors and I have some of the other Warriors games that have come out on uh, Switch. So that's been a go-to genre for me and you know, tonight is going to be the start of Samurai Warriors 5, which I've the reviews have been outstanding, especially for the, the uh, change in art style, uh, which is a little, I think it's a little bit more like comic booky and a little less realistic looking, I think. I'm not sure about that. Um, but Warriors games, and I don't, you know, like that's Warriors games are a genre that I haven't really played on my phone at all. And I don't know that there really are many good ones because you generally even like switch in handheld mode like you need more of a screen for those games so you can see your surroundings um i mean they play they play well on handheld mode on the switch but if i had to pick it would always be the tv um and then my last genre is not really a genre but like i I, uh i gravitate towards like mobile games that are strategy games so that merge game that we started playing um and clash of clans you know something that 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 involves some sort of like building up a base and having an army and then attacking other bases like that's sort of a i i think just like strategy or like risk like strategy games um not necessarily mobile but that seems to be where i play the most of them um i mean you know there's there's lots of there's subgenres that i like I, i mean i I play fighting games occasionally like Smash or, or Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, but I wouldn't put them as my favorite. So, you know, just like those are the genres that I gravitate towards. Um, I don't know if you want to do yours or if you want me to go into the ones that are a no for me. Yeah, I could I could do the ones that I like. Um, All right, go for it. So I'm 100% a fan on the... JR Japanese RPG or JRPG. Uh, that's a hundred percent my kind of shit as well. Like if I see something, 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 JRPG, blah blah blah, Atlas or like Square Enix, I'm like, well, I'm like already halfway there. And now all I gotta do is just like see if I'm gonna like how it looks or the story. <laughs> um, so that's definitely my kind of shit. Um, I love strategy RPG, like like you were saying, final. Uh, not final. Uh, Fire Fire Emblem. I love them. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like I'm kind of picky though with them. Like some strategy RPGs can be like super duper complicated, and I'm not into those as much. Uh, I don't really have an example of those. Disgaea. Uh, <clears throat> Disgaea is one like for sure. Like I I'm supposed to like that game, but goddamn, it is goofy as hell, <laughs> and I feel like. I feel like they made it goofy as hell because they want it to be like super duper niche because they like they just want it to be like that. Um, I guess that's fine or whatever, but dude, it's it's complicated. You know, like it's complicated. It's got a bunch of shit going on, and it's like I just want to play a good story and have like strategy and like characters that I move around. Well, and um, and to be fair, like if we're gonna talk about that, like I think you nailed it. Like being picky like if you like strategy games that involve like good storytelling good cut scenes 
and everything like it's it's fire emblem and then everything else like there's a lot of like mercenary tales and stuff that it's on switch and like they're okay but what they are is they're just dumbed down fire emblem like take out the great storytelling and there's still like decent grid-based strategy but there's no like well i don't give a shit about any of these people and in fire emblem i mean i'll be honest like i don't play fire emblem in in permadeath mode um like yeah. But like if I did, there would be characters that after like 30 or 40 hours that I'm far too attached to to watch die. Like there's just no way. So yeah, you know, like that's what I always took away from those games that like they made me care about the characters. And most of those games in that same genre don't do nearly as good of a job at that. They just focus on the on, you know, challenging grid based strategy. Right. And I agree. Um I play I play Fire Emblem in permadeath mode, and yeah, it's fucking tragic whenever you lose a character, um, you know, to death. <laughs> um, it, right. doesn't, it doesn't happen often anymore with me, only because I'm like, I pretty much grind to prevent that. I'm like, I, I'll be damned if I lose a character, so we're going to be 14 levels over everyone else's ass. <laughs> 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 so, um... Uh, what's I gonna say? But I feel like didn't the new Fire Emblem like side side talk? Didn't that new one um have some kind of like permadeath kind of light mode or some shit? Like I feel like it was. I think it did. Know, I don't even remember at was, this point because that game just this week celebrated its second year, and I haven't played it since like the first six months. Nope. Like, I, dude, I I love that game when I played it, but when I think back on it, I really don't have any connection. I'm just kind of like, eh. But um. Fire Emblem Awakening, I like would put in my top twenty probably best games ever. Um, I don't really know why they I would do that. Um, but I say my I guess the other uh, genres that I'm into are something that I've never talked about on the show, but it's roguelike deck builders. <laughs> <laughs> never once. <laughs> never once have I mentioned that. Um, so any anything that's roguelike, you know, or deck builder, like that's my shit for sure. Um, I'm gonna rock with those till I die, especially when they blend in some kind of RPG into it, like where you get your characters leveling up, but they're also, you know, you're also roguelikeing, you're dying or whatever. Like I kind of like that. Um, but and then my third one is the one that it's not really, it hasn't really been. In my, it hasn't really been in my jam lately because there just hasn't really been any other than Xbox, which I don't have. But uh, racing simulation, like I super duper love cars. I love racing simulation games. I don't really like goofy racing, like asphalt and all that. Like if I see a car spinning and flipping, I'm like, all right, get the fuck out of here with this. <laughs> I just don't. I don't like that. <laughs> I wish that Asphalt would have a mode. Maybe I need to look into that. If they had a mode that was like, no. I don't mind like arcade racers, but I hate when it's like we're doing flips and shit and ramps and all that. Um, I don't know why that is. I just, anyway, I prefer racing simulations. So there hasn't really been one on Switch, you know? Like there isn't one on Switch. And you should try Gear Club. It, Gear Club is pretty decent. Well, yeah, so the thing with the sex about the switch is that you can't you can't like hold the button like halfway to like simulate like you know holding your uh, acceleration less or more, you know. 
Ah, I see what you mean. You're like into the hardcore That's, simulation. Right. As much as you can get without a wheel, I guess. Um, like when I play like uh, Grand Theft Auto, oh, uh, Grand Turismo, wow. Um, I love that about it because, you know, like if you, if you just, if you just fucking like pull the trigger, like your brakes are gonna, you're gonna like slip your brakes, whatever you need to like slowly pull the brakes and when you're going in a turn, it's like, it's cool to like, you know, drive faster by driving slower. So I really love those games. We just don't really have a good one lately. Like the Grand Turismo that came out was not really a proper Grand Turismo in my eyes. So yeah, I like those three the most. And I'll let you flip back to the stuff that we're hardcore not into. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I want to preface this because my list is 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 it's funny and like my you could almost think my list is like fucking with Phoenix. Um, I don't I don't hate any of these genres. I have played all of them extensively, and that is where I, I run into issues. I am burned out on all of them. Um, that's not true. I'm burned out on two of them, and I don't enjoy one, although I've tried. Uh, so the, the three genres that I just can't get into or can't go back to, I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to go too deep. 2D platformers are just a, a hell no for me. Um, like, to the point that, like, I will look at, you know, like, if Phoenix sends me something or I look at something and it looks like a 2D platformer, I'm out. Like, I'm instantly like, nah. Um, on, on my phone or otherwise, like, if it looks like it's just going to be a 2D platformer, like, I can't. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure at this point that's, a, like, a forever thing. Um, Chris, you know, Chris like, Tells is the latest one where you were out right away. Dude, and now I'm not sure. Like, uh, I've been re I've been reading about it, and they had it at Target, and I was looking at reviews, and now I want to actually see gameplay because it, it it's obviously 2D, but it keeps a, it keeps a straw like the back of the box, and all of the reviews are like this is a love letter to Japanese art JRPGs, and I'm sort of like, well, how could I be out on that? It's obviously not a platformer. It looks like one. Um, like the the preview so, pictures, <laughs> I, I would say uh, I would say play the demo. The demo will give you a really good feel, and it's a long yeah, demo. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do first. That's what I'm going to do first for sure is play the demo. Um, yeah, because I mean, like I, I you know, like I, I still think I'm out, but I'm not as out as I was before I knew more about it. Um, like the the 2D platformers, I think for me. It comes. It strictly comes down to a weird thing where I'm like, okay, when I was growing up, the majority of games that I played were 2D platformers because for the most part, that's all that was out there outside of like some Final Fantasy and stuff like that, like Super Nintendo era. Um, and like, they're not nostalgic to me. I just feel like I already did that when I was a kid and I want something more now. Uh, even right. though I know that like some of those 2D platformers like, have more and are excellent it's just like i tried that one that i can never remember the name of that you and i played a couple months ago on switch and that was like my last foray into the ninjas the ninja shit um but uh i just don't i don't think there's ever going to be a time where i'm like hell yeah it's time to get back into 2d platformers i mean like occasionally i'll play some old nintendo stuff on a nintendo switch online but like that's that's my number one 
Um, my number two is another genre that I have just played to death, and uh, which is a funny way of segueing into this, which is roguelikes. Um, I mean, I like roguelikes. I've played a ton of them on my phone. I've played a ton of them on on Switch uh, when the Switch first came out. And I think I've just gotten to a point where, like, they all feel the same to me. Like, I know there are ones that are very, very different, but the mechanics in general, I, I, like, I haven't played Hades, so, like, that's one that I, I, I would consider because I've heard it's a lot different and the storytelling is much more deep. Um, but best. Absolutely the best. Whenever, yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, whenever, from you even, um, whenever I think about playing a roguelike and I especially like they're so prevalent on mobile and so I've been playing roguelikes yeah, on, on my phone for 12 years you know since I started playing Android games that like they're all the same to me like the mechanics change a little bit the story and the characters change a little bit but ultimately it's like go through the level until it gets too hard and you die and then go back to the beginning or to a save point buy new gear and try again or, you know, or, or whatever. I mean, like, whatever mechanic. And it's just like, I don't, it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. I loved them. I don't hate roguelikes. I just feel like I'm burned out on them. And that's something that I may get back to again eventually, because sometimes you'll talk about one and I'll be like, I kind of want to play that, but I'm just not quite there yet. Um, and then Amazing. the last one is a genre I have tried to get into. Uh, and I've tried to be patient, <laughs> uh, especially in the name of friendship. And that uh, that is the the deck building games, the deck building roguelikes. Um, I don't know what it is for me. I tried. What was the pirate one called? Uh, it's called uh, Pirates Out Outlaws. I think. Yeah, that's it. So I tried that one. I paid the dollar, and I was like, "All right, you know, I'm going to give it an honest try." And I played some other ones. And Phoenix has has played like a uh, two million of them. And I've tried a handful of those and like, I don't know what it is, but I, they just don't make me care. Um, right. and, and, you know, some of it I think is those these are the type of games that reward you the longer you play. And, yeah, exactly. you know, and it really gets to a point where like some of them, I can tell it's like, you, you're not really going to get in the full swing of it until you're a couple hours in. And by that point, I've already lost interest. Um, right. You know, I'll try another one again. I know I will, because ultimately you're going to send me something and I'm going to be like, ah, I like the art of that. I'm going to try it. But like, I haven't found one yet that I've been like, fuck, yes, this is this is what I've been looking for. Um, I think, you know what? I think it's really similar to the same feeling I had about Disco Elysium, where it was like, I didn't like the dice rolling and I don't really like the deck building. And some of it is probably like you don't get rewarded much in the beginning and it seems randomized or like the, the, the no pun intended, but the deck is stacked against you. And, um, yeah. and you really have to keep playing and keep playing and upgrading things or unlocking things. And like, I think because I like strategy games so much and I know these deck building games involve strategy, but a lot of them in the beginning feel like, the, there isn't much strategy and you just have to push through to a point where there is. And yeah. I don't know. I just get burned out on it where like I try like that pirates outlaws game. I played for like two or three hours at uh, the beginning of vacation. And after two or three hours, I just felt like I was using the same cards and using the same characters and playing the same enemies. 
And like when I really got to a tough spot, I I was sort of just like, ah, I don't care. And I uninstalled it. Um, I, I don't agree. I don't you know, I don't dislike them. I just think like at the end of the day, they probably just aren't for me. But like in the beginning, I always think like, oh, this is cool. Like maybe this is going to be what changes it. And then like there's uh, in a lot of them. I don't know if it's all of them, but it feels like, you know, I'm, I'm making progress. And it always seems like there's this steep drop off and then it becomes incredibly difficult. And I know that like the idea is just like a roguelike. You've got to go back and try again and try different things. And there is a strategy to that, but I just, I think by the time I get to that point, uh, I'm, I'm already like one foot out of the pool. And so it's easier for me to just take both feet out than it is to try to get that other foot back in. Um, I'll try again, you know, like you will send me a link or a picture to something that will draw my attention too much. And I'll be like, Oh, I'm gonna try that. But like, I tried, what is it called? Crummit's tail. Um, That, that one's tough. But yeah, it's, yeah. Probably my, it's probably my favorite phone version. I played it for a little while, like a couple hours. And, and I, again, like I didn't hate it. I just, you know, with like Clash of Clans, I'm five years in. And there's a, yeah. you know, like maybe part of it is like, and that, that game, like, so like you tried that game and I've been trying to get Diane to try it. And I some other, know some other people. And like a hundred percent of the time when people are like, nah, it's not for me or they stop playing. I, every time I'm like, I get it. Like, uh, you know, like yeah. it, that game is, it takes a lot of patience to build up a base in an army that are worth playing with and joining a clan full of people with. So like, I understand it. I think deck building is kind of the same where like, if you stick with it and keep building and keep learning and everything, it's probably really rewarding, but I just get to a point and maybe with a mobile game, I need more instant gratification. That might be the biggest part of the problem. Um, <laughs> but so far they have not been for me. And, uh, and now because I think it's going to be amusing, let's hear yours. Be hilarious. Uh, I will say though, there's a quick, uh, throw out. Uh, I think Slay the Spire. If if that was going to be one, if you saw it on sale for like two dollars, I'm not saying go out of your way, but that that might be the one that you got. Like it might be like, all right, well, this is one everyone's fucking talking about. Everyone loves it. Um, that might be the one that if it did, it would get you into it. If not, then that would be like the that would be the way to be like, yeah, I'm done with these. Yeah, um, for sure. Play the Spire, I definitely, I feel like I, I think I won like the first, like I got to the final, the final boss of the first thing, like my first run. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that was weird. And it wasn't easy. Like it was, it was a challenge. So um, that might be one. So that'd be your make or break if it's cheap. Um, and then the other, what was it? The other make or break. Oh, like Hades, dude. Like if you ever play a roguelike, roguelike again. Um, yeah, that is that's definitely the one that I think could transcend just because the story is so good. Like the story is actually really good. Like it's like a real proper story. And usually roguelikes don't really have a good story. It's usually kind of like you're in this cave, keep going. And then it's like something kind of happens like you beat the first boss and it's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not really getting much story here, but OK, I want to keep doing this. <laughs> But Hades gives you like a thing, like when you die, you come back and there's something new, like every time. And I really don't know how they did that. They, I think I told you at the time, they had to write 
they had to have written like so much fucking dialogue just to like keep that a thing because you die a lot. But it, every time you come back, it's something new and interesting. Anyway, so the dramas that I can't get into uh, right off the bat, I'm gonna hit like I can't get into Warriors games. Um, <laughs> I've, tried my, I've tried my hardest even the day i played um fate extella fate extella link on my vita because i bought like this is that one that we bought like i bought like the super duper extreme special edition at like vita at um a gamestop and i was like this is cool this is like a cool game and i, I want to try to get into these and i I try every time. Even when, even today, when I put it in my Vita, I didn't have the the icon already there, and I was like, "Hmm, that's weird. Why didn't? Why wasn't it there?" And then I played for like twenty minutes, and I was like, "This is why I wasn't there." Like I deleted it, and I was like telling myself in the future, "Stop." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't. I don't know what it is. It's like I, I don't. I don't hate them. I just don't connect with it. I guess for some reason. Um, I don't think this is on your list, though. I another genre I can't get into is MMO RPG. Um, I think this also can be sort of brought in, like with their RTX games as well. Um, I just can't get into those. I think it's mainly because people that are into those like are fucking Jedi and like they're fucking like Yoda, like Jedi level. And it's like when you play against them, you just kind of like, all right, fuck this, like I'm done. Like, everyone out here is already fucking maxed out and good. and I don't know. That might be the biggest reason why I can't get into a lot of those. See, you know, um, I, I like, I like MMORPGs, but, like, the ones that I like are things... Like, all right, I texted you the other day about that game, Evil Lands. And, like, that oh, yeah. game, you have a character and you drop into a world and you're doing quests, and the quests involve, like, killing monsters. But, like... They, there's two modes in that game. There's PvP where you're you are playing against other players, and then it, it can be a little bit more difficult. But the general game is all, all the actual the P, you know the non NPC players are just like they're friendly, so they help you out with the quests, and you can kind of battle together. So it's kind of like a little it's a little bit like World of Warcraft in that way. Um, right, that's true. I mean, it's way more simplified, so there's no mounts or anything like that. But, like, I played Evil Lands on my phone, like, two years ago until I... There's three main maps in that game with probably, like, 150 quests that you could do, and I maxed out everything. And then I deleted it because there there was there were some really infuriating things about that game. Like, you would collect all this loot. You, you pick a class at the beginning, and, and I think it's, like there's only like three or four it's not a lot i always pick the wizard because i like the ranged shots and um if you picked up like the warrior gear like swords and shit you couldn't sell them at all so you just held on to hmm. them forever well they got rid of that and they created a blacksmith um okay. so now not only do you sell stuff to him but you can craft new gear you can break down gear for pieces of, of you know of metal and everything and when i read about the updates i was like oh yeah i'm 100 percent in on that but like I just started fresh so that it wasn't, you know, I, I have all of that to unlock again. Um, that there, there are, I really enjoy MMM, MMORPGs like, uh, 
like WoW and like Evil Lens, like games where you create a character and you go around doing quests with other people or with other people's help and leveling up. I like the PvP in Evil Lens because if you get your character high enough level, it, it's it is challenging but not impossible. Um, I guess I did forget that. So like, um, I was super into Elder Scrolls Online for what? I think on Stadia for a little bit there. Um, and I, I don't hate it. I think I think I just kind of ended up getting out of it because it, it just it feels like a, it feels like a forever, a forever game. And whenever that happens, it kind of ends up being overwhelming to just be like, oh, man, like this is going to be the game forever. Um, I don't know. Like I. I don't hate that game, and I've been I've been kind of tearing around with or kind of thinking about Final Fantasy Online, which, which remember that one time I tried to like I was like legit gonna get into it, and then the game was like it didn't take my money or it did take my money or something like that, and I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, this is a sign. <laughs> yeah, like it was. Just to quickly go through this, it was like a really weird like. Final Fantasy is online. Final Fantasy Online's like whole portal to buy or something like that is very. It feels like it's like Netscape Internet, like Windows ninety five kind of. It feels like it's old as hell. And yeah. I'm like, why is this game that makes all this money has such like cheap throwback? Like, it just feels like it's old. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I do like those. Actually, I just I do kind of like. I do get overwhelmed whenever it's like it feels like it is never going to end. Pause. <laughs> um, so my my last thing that I, I don't know if this is a genre, but uh, anything with building, I'm fucking instantly out on. Uh, usually, I guess I guess I do like I do like Minecraft, but not in the sense of building. Like I like it whenever like whenever we had that realm, uh, it was cool. I like it when you can like build a house from like just a random spot in the cliff. Um, Cause you're pretty much just cutting away and you're just like making a house. But if someone yeah. told me to like, if someone said clear this land and then build a house, like I'm like, fuck that. Like I'm out. Like I don't, I don't mind carving from what's already there and kind of just like making it work and then slowly expanding. But like, if it's like a, let's stop here and build blah, blah, blah. I'm out. Um, I don't think this really applies too much to Fortnite. Like, the building does frustrate me, um, but I feel like I I feel like that's just maybe more of a shooter. Like I'm just I just hate when I get fucked up in that game and then I I just rage quit. So that that's probably more with that. But anything with building, like dude, I'm like usually pretty out on quick. Even like a that Dragon Quest builders game, like I liked it a lot in the beginning, and then something at some point I was just like I don't want to build anymore. Uh, <laughs> see like when, when when you originally told me about that um I, or when you originally wrote that in the show notes i thought you meant like you know building in Fortnite and stuff like that but like you just mean like generally like having to build structures and stuff that would explain another reason like not sticking with clash though because clash is all building it's like building, all the time yeah. you just 
You're just like, you know, cl- Clash is literally like, here are your troops, upgrade them, here's your base, add more shit, you know, make your walls yeah. stronger and keep building and keep making things stronger. And like, for me, I loved like Dragon Quest Builders, great game, loved it. Dragon Quest Builders 2, great game, loved that one too. I've actually thought about going back to it recently. But I also think like, that's a real specific, specific genre. Like, it's definitely not for everybody. There's no question about that. Right, and I, I don't, I don't hate uh, that Clash game. I think I just kind of got burnt out or whatever. Like it didn't catch me. It was a, it was really actually I got, I got caught early on, but um, I don't know. Like something about it, I just ended up being like, uh, I can live without it, I guess, or something. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it happens to like a lot of games that we play anyway. Like very few games that we play are we're just like, like Clash is like your like a hundred thousand hour game probably. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, I mean, like, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, that like, uh, the clan that I'm in now, it, I've only ever been in two clans, and I've probably been in this one for like two years. But the dude, the leader of this clan, I've known and I've been in clans with for five years. But like, I downloaded Clash of Clans, and this might be another reason that I stuck with it or it has a special space in my, my heart is, uh, I downloaded and played that game when my dad was having a lot of hospital stays and health issues. So it like was a great distractor where I would just be in class, rearranging stuff and building and upgrading and, and stuff. So I, I stuck with it, but like my base is five years worth of work and money and, you know, like clashing with, with my clan and everything. Like that's probably my number one favorite mobile game of all time, but it's also a game that I easily am just like, I understand if someone doesn't like it, like it's a specific genre and it's aimed at a specific kind of person. And evidently I am that person. You're, you're that person. <laughs> just like, um, from it's till I spent like, I don't really know. I don't want to know how many hours just to try beat. I've been trying to be uh, a roguelike or there's a roguelike called from it's till. And I'm playing as the rogue, which is my favorite class, and I refuse to leave to go to any other class until I beat with the rogue. And apparently she's the hardest to beat the game with, and I'm probably like at least 50 hours in. And it's like this literal same thing over and over. You get like different stuff, you know, different perks, but like like Ben was saying, it is the same thing over and over and over and and you just die a lot and you just try it again. And yeah, I, I guess I'm that person that's like, I'm fine with this. I want to die again and lose the exact same way again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're like, you know, like I, I just always imagine like that, you know, your your favorite shit is always like the rogue or the thief or whatever. And I'm always thinking like in some of these games, and I thought this the other day and I didn't say it because I think it was at work, but like it feels to me like when you look at a warrior or a wizard or whatever, and you look at a rogue or a thief, like they should be a weaker character. Like there's no super yeah. strength or, or magic or anything like they should be weaker and they should be more difficult to beat people, but they should also then be exceptionally more rewarding on like gold or XP or whatever, because it should be difficult. But like, I think one of the reasons I've never gravitated towards those characters is because they always did seem much weaker to me in the big picture and i felt like well that that'll probably be more difficult but they the 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 pluses that they have you know i i I imagine especially for you like outweigh that that what should be like a little bit more of a weakness right yeah like if 
Yeah, I pick Rogue because yeah, they're usually weak. They usually are like they can die easily, but I love the whole like setting yourself up to get like a backstab or kill or stealing, like getting just free shit. Yeah. <laughs> so but, uh, I think that I think that wraps up that whole genre stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think uh you know, we covered a lot of grounds. There's definitely, you know, we covered so much ground that regardless of where your stance is, you're going to agree or disagree with both of us at some point because there's very little things that we didn't touch on there. Um, uh, you know, and I think I think we should set this ahead of time because it'll be a good talking point. But like next episode, we should do our games of the half year. It'll be oh, yeah, a little bit. Right. It, it'll be a little bit further along than half the year, obviously, but like. You have work stuff, and I had my trip. So you know, when we when we record episode sixteen, and maybe we'll reach out, you know, and, and ask for like social media, like some some other people's. Like I'll, I'll ask Adam, and you can ask Jackie, you know, and we'll we'll announce theirs also since they've appeared on the show. But I think we'll do like top three games of the half year so far, covering like any any platform, so mobile to Xbox and PlayStation and Switch and everything in between. But, uh, you know, I think maybe a, an important thing would be to say, like, we're going to keep it within um, the games that have been released in 2021. And then maybe at the end of the year, we can do our top, you know, three or five years that, okay, or three to five games that we played this year, regardless of when they were released. Right. I'm going to I'm going to put Shimagami 5 on that right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll have about a, what does that come out? Is that November or September? I think it's November something. Yeah, so I I think that'll make my top two, top two o o t o o not top number two. I really uh, I really hope so, but it's November eleventh. Uh, all right, yeah. So that's still that's still some three months away, three and a half months away. So yeah, episode sixteen, we'll do our games of the half year, and uh, I think that'll probably cover it for episode fifteen, unless you have anything to add. Nope, I don't. Um, well, you can find our Instagram at RPNCast and also the same for Twitter. Um, and we've been, I feel like we've been more active on that lately. Um, and we I, plan I, on even. I just want to throw it out there for reasons. We've been active on <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, but the Ben half of RPNCast has only been active on Instagram. Especially, uh, Ben is only active on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, you do not want to further uh, put his life in jeopardy. No, he's, he likes being alive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you can find, I think we're going to be more active on that, though, because I, I feel like I've been shooting more, a little random stuff more, and I feel like Ben just posted something, I think, right? Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, and I, I think I'm going to start, um, you know, obviously you can, you can find us on, you can find Phoenix and all the social medias uh, at what, what, at Fartsy, P-H-A-R-T-S-Y, right? Yeah, at Fartsy. And, uh, and I don't really use social medias. I post on my Instagram at flatcapgamingig here and there. But I think over the next couple of weeks, what I'm going to do is just start taking photographs of my gaming stuff and posting it to RPN cast and, uh, and, you know, try to build up our following there. So if you're listening, Bel or Belgium, uh, nope, that's not it. 
Serbia or Germany or whatever, follow us on Instagram at RPNCast. Um, because I think we're both going to start to be uh, quite a bit more active there. Indeed. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up, man. Yep. Sounds good. We'll be back for episode 16. All right. Peace.